Well, hey there. Hello. Welcome back. We're going to talk today to Ben Sinclair. Who, yeah. Who is Ben again? He's the business development manager in Canada. You can tell that I knew that off the top of my head and did not <laughs> read that. Uh, but, I mean, that's okay because it's relatively new yes. um, that we've had a Canadian office. But, hey, we have a Canadian office now. Yay. Yay. I will not sing the Canadian national anthem. Uh, yeah, I will not either. Okay. We'll leave that to Ben whenever you talk to him. Yep. You have to request that of him. That is one thing that we hadn't cut out in the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> We'll test him on it. He is from Australia, so Ooh. he sounds less Canadian than most. That's true. I think. But who knows? Maybe he'll pick up saying A or... That's true. This doesn't air until like a month and a half after we talk to him. Yeah. He might have more of a Canadian accent by that yeah. time. Speaking of which, since this is airing like a month and a half after we talked to him, <laughs> he mentions Quebecspo, and you kind of missed out on that if you weren't there. Yeah, that was at the end of March. Hopefully you got to talk to him. Yeah. Um, and if not, you should attend next year because I bet we'll have a booth there. Or you could just call Ben up at our Canadian office. He probably That's has true. a phone number. That is true. He does have that. And an email, I think. Yeah. So um, he can be reached and is willing to talk. But is it all of Canada he's in charge of now? All of Canada. Whoa. <laughs> you didn't even Move know it. Move over, Trudeau. <laughs> yeah. There was a secret election. And somehow Do they Ben elect is in charge Trudeau? now. Do you I, elect I feel a like prime minister? He, he, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, congratulations <laughs> to both of you, them <laughs> for their new position. The prime minister is just the person who can name the most prime numbers. Ooh. In a competition. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Why do we have so many prime ministers, though? Because doesn't Australia also have a prime minister? Mm -hmm. wow. It's the first minister. You don't want to be... Oh. There's no <laughs> secondary minister, I don't think. Well, because that's not a prime number. There's, there's no tertiary <laughs> minister. <laughs> Is there a the, It's prime minister or no minister? minister. You're just a regular minister. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, um... Hopefully you won't need to talk to a regular minister after listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes, you're welcome for the civics lesson, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, let's talk to Ben now. Welcome to the Front Porch with Lauren Mohorn. So I'd like to welcome today's guest and our head of operations up in Canada, Ben Sinclair. Ben, welcome to the front porch. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's just start with the basics. Who are you? Where are you from? And please rank your top five family-friendly Australian slang words, starting with number five. <laughs> All right. So I'm from Australia. I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and um, I moved to Canada start of the year to set up the uh, Canadian office. Um, currently live in Toronto. Uh, we work out of a, a WeWork office right now. So we're, 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 we're loving that. It's, it's really good environment for, for Irfan and I. Um, and yeah, the, my favorite five. So G'day is one. Um, we need five, don't we? Yeah, so um, probably how are you? Sheila, what's going on, which means what's going on, and I'm going to have to get back to you guys on that one, so we can move on. It's all good. Are those used like commonly in language, or is that just kind of like more um, stereotypical Australian slang? That we it, depend it definitely depends where you're from, 
you know, if you're from the outback, then you probably don't use those words a lot. Really? They speak proper Australian out there? They don't use slang words? Yeah, this, well, yeah, the slang words are, you know, out in the country and, and they use them a lot for, for different things. Like, you'd imagine, like, the, the farmers and, the, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, there's definitely different types of Australians that use different types of Australian language in different parts of Australia. Sure, sure. All right, so let's um, move towards just kind of going over your job history and kind of what you're doing right now. So what did you want to be when you were a kid around, like, ages 8 to 10? Yeah, so when I was a kid, my, my dream was to play AFL football, um, and that was, it's different to the American football, it's it's quite unique. Um, if you guys get a chance, just YouTube AFL. Uh, some of the, the people at Point Around would don't know exactly what it is, and probably because Dave, myself, um, Christian in Australia are right into it. Um, so that was my dream when I was, when I was a young kid, and um, all throughout high school, um, I had different different things I wanted to be. One from one from from being like a pilot to being an architect to being um, a startup creator when I was a bit later in my in my teens. But yeah, it, it sort of there was never real direction on on exactly what I had to do. So yeah, I ended up uh, ended up in rental and ended up working in software, which is great. Yeah. So just to clarify, I know we talked about AFL a little bit when Christian was on the podcast earlier, um, but it is different than rugby, correct? It's not just, that's what I always picture when people say AFL. Yeah, it's definitely different than rugby. Um, it's similar in some in some ways, but there's totally different game and, and different way of playing. So you, you can imagine a mix between soccer and rugby, um, quite similar to, to both of them mixed together. Okay. I do have a note here that Brian was wondering if you ever considered being a professional kangaroo boxer. Is that a thing in Australia at all? Or is that just American <laughs> understanding of what Australians want to be when they grow up? So, yeah, Brian, that's the first time I've heard a kangaroo boxer. But Jules is refusing to sell my jokes because... She would 100% normally go along with these things, but the last two we've recorded, she is not selling these jokes at all about these non-existent occupations. Yeah, yeah, that, look, no, um, but uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess yeah, I'll keep it in the back of my mind and maybe look, look into it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so um, did you end up going to school for AFL? Um, when you were starting university, did you have a, a – um, what's the word? A, where they give you money to go to school to play sports? What am I, a scholarship. Yes, uh-huh. Did you have a scholarship for AFL and play that and do all that bit? Yeah, I, um, I went to a public school, and, and a private school approached me and, and offered me a, a scholarship. Um, mainly to play football for their school and yeah I went there and and that was really cool um it was a really nice school and um it definitely helped me with my education and my, my sport so um that was, a, that was a pretty good achievement in my uh, late teens so yeah that's awesome so I assume you don't necessarily graduate with a degree in playing AFL um what did you end up graduating with yeah, so I, I left school and I went and did um, construction management um, and I didn't actually finish. I ended up 
doing that for a few years and then leaving and then working at my family's rental store and then taking up um, a master's of business while I was there. And, and I actually completed that a couple of years ago. So, yeah. Gotcha. So you grew up in the rental business then? Yeah. Yeah. I spent 10 years at my uh, family's rental business in Melbourne, Australia. They, they rent out portable toilets, buildings, um, like luxury toilets and, and fencing and, and all that sort of stuff. So they're a pretty big business in, in Melbourne. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I got sick of working there because it's all I've been doing for so long and I needed a new challenge. So it was, uh, it was, it was a good move coming to Point Rental with obviously a global company and um, sort of, a, I guess, um, not a ceiling on, on what I could do. It was, um, with, with a family business, you know, it's, there is a limitation on, on how much you can achieve and I guess I've always wanted more. So, yeah. So were you working behind the counter or were you kind of doing every bit since it's a family business? Like what that look like for you? Yeah. So my role definitely evolved as I worked at Aim Hire. Um, started out just doing sales, um, you know, uh, just small builders. And then it evolved into running a sales team uh, at the company and, and making, you know, executive decisions with the board and all that sort of stuff. So it went, it went from, yeah, with the 10 years I was there, it was, it was definitely great experience. Uh, I saw a lot of different roles and I even got out in the, the field in the truck every now and then and, and helped the guys out. So I was pretty hands-on um, when they were down on numbers. So um, yeah, I wore many hats and definitely no, you know, rental or hire inside out from working with inside an organization. That's great. So what would you say that you're proudest of, of your time there? Um, there's a couple of things. Um, one of the big contracts we got was the biggest builder in Australia. And I managed to, to play an instrumental role in, in getting them on board, which was great. And they're still a customer of theirs today, which is really nice to see. And I also introduced a, a product called the the BOS container, um, which uh, which I introduced and is, has been really profitable for the company um, from both a, a rental and a, a selling uh, product. So yeah, that was that was a really cool achievement I thought from finding that at one of the ARA shows many years ago, um, and then bringing it to Australia. And yeah. So what what is that? I'm not sure. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, so um, you can imagine a sea container, but um, it was a flat pack sea container, um, and you could set it up in a building site or, or in the backyard or in a basement of, of a car park, and it was quite unique at the time, and, and no one in Australia really had it. And um, yeah, we introduced it and sold many units, and, and can, they continue to sell many units and, and set up distributors around Australia. So it was it was a really cool product and um, something that, yeah, I just had, I guess, the eyes open at the ARA show and was walking around and, and found it and, yeah, thought it was a, a good opportunity. Now it's, a, you know, one of the products that they, they sell a lot of and, and you know, really helps the, the bottom line. Yeah. So that's cool to hear that, like, you, you were at the ARA show before you were even a part of Point of Rental global company or whatnot how, how had you been going there since you were you know five years old or whatever or how did that work out um i went there i think it must have been about 
seven years ago and to be honest like i don't even remember seeing point around there like maybe the booth wasn't as big as they are these days <laughs> but um and we definitely the other thing is, yeah and the other thing is those ara shows are so big it, it takes you about three days to get around the whole show so um but yeah i guess i was looking for products like that we could we could sell like you know hard assets so um that was yeah that was many years ago and um yeah it was a good, good experience i also went to the um the pumper show which is a toilet show out in the middle of i don't know in the middle of america somewhere and that was quite quite unique <laughs> and fun there you go i think they still have that show going on i'm not sure i haven't i'd have to look into it i should know i used to do trade shows for the company so um okay so i know you talked about you were just kind of wanting to spread your wings um and we're looking at leaving the family company and just finding a new path um what led you to point of rental yeah so i met um I met preston lauren at a show um many years ago and um we kept in contact and i saw the expansion in australia and um yeah i, I kept talking to wayne about you know possible opportunities of working with point rental and originally i wasn't going to i was going to stay with the family business but then um yeah i, I guess goals changed and um completing my mba I, I wanted to do more and then um i wanted to sort of use those skills to, to help grow a business and and yeah the australian business sort of needed a position that that i could fill and then um yeah that's how i sort of joined and I guess now I'm in Canada and things are going well. So it just happened. You just popped in Canada one day, and here you are. <laughs> exactly. So um, for me personally, it was it was a great move, and you know I've had fun the whole time I've been here, and it's been a challenge. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great company to work for, and you know I wish so what, more people knew about it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully this podcast will help them learn more that we do have an office in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so what specifically was your role in Australia? Just helping grow the and expand the Australian business or what did that look like? Yeah, so um, I, I worked under Dave and, and worked as the customer success manager out in um, Australia. So it was the first, I think it was the first customer success ma manager we had globally. And I, I put together a, a, like a playbook and, and sort of worked out how we would manage our customers and, and help them not only be satisfied with our software, but also you know, upsell them and sell them more products. And, and we were quite successful in Australia, I think in 2019 when I first came on or 2018, can't remember now. And um, we we managed to yeah up, upgrade a whole lot of customers and, and reach out to them, go see them and do quarterly business reviews and all that sort of stuff. So it really worked out that, you know, it's something that we didn't have. And now we've got customer success managers globally in, in all our teams. So um, it is a key component, I think, of, of SaaS companies to really have that position. So, yeah, I, I like to feel that I played a role with, with helping, you know, that, that, that role be legitimate to the business and then see that it's valuable. So. Yeah, sounds like you really were a catalyst and just creating that role and expanding it out to the rest of the country. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your transition from being in Australia and now you're in Canada. How did that conversation go down? Really? What did that, what did that look like? Um, I guess, 
uh, yeah, about 18 months ago, um, I did express um, my you know, willingness to, to, to move overseas if there was an opportunity. I said that you know, to, to Mark Scott at the time when he was here as a sales manager, you know, if, if there was anything open, or actually Greg, I think, was even here as well. Um, yeah, like I'd be happy to do it. And you know, if they needed someone with experience to go into a region, I'd put my hand up and definitely consider me for the role. And sure enough, Canada popped up. And um, yeah, it was, it was because of COVID and, and all the delays, it, it took a long time to to get things sorted and actually get here. But um, I started working on Canada, I think it was June last year. And um, there was early hours in the morning getting up, speaking to customers or staying up real late. And that was that was sort of normal for a while. And But it was great because I was able to, to meet them all before I even got here. Um, and then, yeah, the, the office opened up and now we've got another employee. We're looking to hire at least another two more pretty soon. And um, yeah, our, our objective is to to obviously look after Canada and, and not just be an extension of the US like it's previously been, but, but stand on its own feet and then um, then target you know, the, the Quebec market with you know, a lot of the, the French-speaking customers that we've, we've struggled with in the past. And, and next week, we've got the Montreal show. So, yeah, it's going to be a good test for us. We've got Irfan on board and he's, he's uh, bilingual and he's doing really well so far. And um, I think... You know, we're in with a real chance with a few of these customers that we uh, we've sort of haven't had the haven't had the uh, the resources to really serve them in the past. So, has anything changed with for you with the move from Australia to Canada? Other than, I guess, you do get a double dose of winter. Have you had summer this last year at all? <laughs> no, I haven't had any summer. Oh, I, look, I had a little bit um, before I came over here and in December in Australia, but um, Canadians are much like Australians, believe it or not. Like they seem to be pretty relaxed and um, easy to get along with. And I've actually joined the um, the Toronto Dingoes AFL football club here. Believe it or not, they have their huh. own uh, uh, AFL league. So I've made a whole bunch of um, Canadian, Irish and Aussie friends straight away, which has been really nice. That's um, awesome. And we, we, we play, we start playing games in about a month's time. So, so yeah, I mean, if anyone from Texas wants to come up and watch an AFL game, I'll be, I'll be playing most Saturdays in, in the summer up here. So feel free to come along. But, um, yeah, so we, um, yeah, the, the move's been good and culture's fine and the city's really clean and people are lovely. So, yeah, I love it here. That's great. Do you think you'll have a road trip? across Canada or, or explore other parts of it? And you've got some trade shows coming up. Um. <laughs> I would love to do that some stage. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think the plan is to, to do it, you know, maybe next year. Um, uh, this year we're, we're planning on, on doing a few other things. But yeah, it's, there's, there's so much beautiful, you know, uh, scenery in Canada and uh, I heard Banff is really nice and Vancouver and Montreal. So, I'm going to Montreal next week for the show, but uh, I'll definitely be probably going back there to, to have a look at all the Victorian architecture they have and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, plenty to do. There's plenty to do up here. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like you're adjusting pretty well to life on a new part, a new hemisphere, really, um, and whatnot. Have there been any 
drawbacks at all in, in just moving across or anything that's just been, I don't know, difficult? It, it sounds difficult to me to move my family, to move away from my family and just kind of start a new life somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, now that I've done it and I look back, there was some moments that were, you know, hard to organize, like visas and things like that and, you know, getting all your stuff here and, you know. But at the end of the day, like, you know, it's a new experience and, you know, there's there's not many times in your life you can go and work overseas and, and really enjoy it. But the only drawback was um, when, when we first got here, we had no idea about the snow and the weather and there was a there was a massive storm and I think we got about 10 to 15 inches of snow, um, maybe more. I don't even know. Uh, I use metric, so maybe, maybe it was more. But 30 centimetres for the, all, everyone listening that, to know centimetres. And everything stopped, trams, trains, um and i was trying to take my uh, partner to work for a first day and we got stuck on the train for, for six hours and i was taking calls and doing meetings on the train oh my gosh so that was that was a good that was like the first week we were here and it was quite funny looking back now but it was at the time you're like what have i just gotten myself into <laughs> yeah yeah and i think you know i was trying to trying to do the right thing by customers setting up meetings and i've got all these meetings on my iphone and you know, we're like, where the hell are you? I'm like on a train. It was, it was quite, yeah, it was looking at now. It's very funny, but, um, you know, that was, that was a little stressful. Yeah, not, a little stressful. It's not, it's not a drawback. It's just, I love the snow that like, you know, there's only so much you can deal with it and it gets sort of annoying after a while. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, do you have any other questions, Brian, for this section? No, I was just going to let him know. Good news. Spring. Has, has come, you know, you're about to move into summer, will be less snow to deal with. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful here already. It's like sunshine and snow's gone. So. Wonderful. Um, okay, well, let's move on to Ben's interesting character questions. So um, uh, I hear you've been working on your MBA throughout lockdowns in Australia. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, yeah, if you're not prepared to do an MBA, then maybe think about it again because it's it's a lot of time, a lot of work. But at the end, the knowledge I have now from after doing an MBA for nearly three years is um is great, and um, I highly recommend for people wanting to further their you know knowledge and their, their career because it it does help and it's um definitely a, a a useful tool that you can help and, and relate to different people in different departments because it gives you a, like a small dose of of each department and, and not just you know the one you live in right now so yeah I, I feel much more confident in myself and um yeah and you've got a broad that. understanding of how to run a business and for it to be successful and what not to do uh, yeah i guess so yeah I, i'd like to think so and I guess your confidence is, is probably the biggest thing that comes out of it. You know, you, you understand what people are talking about and you could probably sit at a boardroom meeting and, and understand everything, maybe not contribute to everything, but at least be understanding. So, yeah, I mean, it was very, very difficult, but if it was easy, everyone would do it. So, yeah. That's fair. Well, um, I have a note from Brian, uh, a challenge for you to try and make it easy for everyone listening uh, to get an MBA. So can you cram all of your knowledge <laughs> uh, that you learned from your MBA into one minute or less? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try and do that, Brian. I mean, look, the be- yeah, yeah, it's. I don't have three years, man. I just want to know now. <laughs> yeah, that's making me stressed even thinking about it. <laughs> sort of left the NBA and tried to leave that, you know, behind me back in Australia. So because it was a stressful time, now I'm I'm free, you know. So let's just uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Come to Point of Reynolds International Conference this November. It'll be three days full of learning, fun, food, and murder. No, Brian. At some conferences, you might expect to be murdered, but Pointer Reynolds International Conference is murder-free. But it's just going to be learning, fun, and food, and networking, and an opportunity to see your favorite pointers. No murder. Seems like the International Conference will be better than conferences that do have murders. That's correct. So register now at conference.pointerreynolds.com. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Point of Reynolds will provide a safe environment and will not murder you ourselves, but we can prevent all murders. Please be aware of your surroundings. Um, okay, so you talked a little bit earlier how you are in, wait, is it ARF? Is it ARF? Wait, I'm confused. Hold on, Brian. You should, Brian should ask this question. The sport is uh, Australian rules football, but the league is AFL. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I was like, I'm pretty sure we were saying AFL this whole time. Okay, so Brian wants me to ask, um, I understand you're also in Australian rules football fan. Okay, so I'm still confused. What's the difference? Whatever. Hey, you like Australian rules football. You spoke earlier about uh, how much you liked it, and you got a scholarship, so you must have been pretty good at it. Um, First of all, how did you get into that? I assume because you're Australian. And are you hardcore enough of a fan that you considered not moving to to Canada because of it? Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, so I got into it. My dad um, got me into it. He used to kick me into football when I was like four or five years old and you, know, you just grow up. It, it's like, you know, baseball or American football or soccer. It's the same thing. You just grow up doing it. You love it. Passionate about it. You do it every day. So yeah, that's how I got into it. No, I wouldn't have not moved to, uh, Canada because, um, I guess you always have replays and TV you can watch it on. And I mean, the atmosphere of being there is fantastic, but, I like, I like, um, you know, opportunities and, and life experiences over a, a, a team sport. So I'd rather be in Canada doing something you know, interesting and building a business here than just wanting to go and see football back at home. It's a very practical answer. Um, <laughs> but uh, did you know before moving to Canada that there was going to be an AFL team there that you could get involved in and make all these friends or was that just a big surprise? Yeah, so I actually had no idea. I um I joined the Australians in Toronto Facebook group, which is like a group full of Australians in Toronto. So and basically they were just advertising in there and I was like, what they got an AFL team here? So I just hit them up and sure enough there's like ten teams and there's like you know, 30 people on each team and supporters and it's like a, it's like a full thing you know um and yeah they've even got like sponsors like down like some of the the bars here sponsor them and it's just yeah it's incredible i, I had no idea that this would be on the other side of the world and, and people would actually be playing it so yeah it's ex- it's sort of exciting because i haven't played in like six years so um yeah it's good 
excited to get out there again. Wait, so did you have tryouts or did they just say, well, you're clearly from Australia, so obviously you're qualified? Yeah. Yeah, I just got on the team. (laughs) I was like an automatic, you know, you're in sort of thing. There you go. So do y'all plan to to get up at like 3 a.m. in the morning to watch it live ever or y'all just like watch replays? Yeah, I, I think I'll just watch replays. I mean, as long as you don't look at social media, you're not, you're not going to know the results. So, yeah. I mean, unless it's a special game, like a, a final or something, then I'll get up. But, yeah, I'm not that hardcore. So. Fair. Um, so do you have a f- favorite AFL broadcaster or media-associated person? That's an interesting question. I thought so, too. <laughs> It's in there just to set you up to compliment Christian or to make him feel sad about. Did he? Did he answer that question? Did he? No. At some point, he was he was doing a AFL TV show. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was too. Um, I mean, well, yeah, Christian would have to be my favorite AFL. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. All right. <laughs> Guy knows he's footy. He's like a yeah, yeah. He he's definitely he's probably a bigger supporter than I am. But, you know, I love the game, but he really loves the game. So. There you go. Um, so I also have a note here that you played tennis. Um, give me your greatest accomplishment on the tennis courts. Yeah, look, I'm I'm okay at tennis. I, I wouldn't say I'm any, anything special. I'm no Roger Federer, but, you know, I give it a go. Um, I get a bit angry on the tennis court. And maybe I've smashed a few rackets in my time, but... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just a bit of fun and it's good exercise. And actually, I love watching the tennis too. You know, going to the Australian Open and and seeing all the champions play because it's such a traditional sport. I yeah. If you were given the opportunity to play any of them in the championships, would you do it? Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Are you asking me like what? I'd prefer to play or which oh yeah if would you like if you were given the opportunity to play in the AFL um, or uh, at the Australian Open which one would you go for that's a tough one probably AFL but yeah recently actually this is totally separate I've really got into Formula One and I would have loved to be a Formula One driver that's like my yeah, I think just now, maybe not in the past, but I reckon it's such a cool sport, and so I'm right into that as well. Yeah, that's great. Are you guys into Formula One in the states? Like, uh, we ha- there is like a sect of people that are into it, but I think NASCAR is our our bigger our bigger sport for race car driving. I don't know. Are there other race car driving sports? That's the main one I think of. I mean, there's IndyCar, which is a little bit between the two but yeah i mean there's definite groups for everything but overall not really for either of them honestly yeah fair enough yeah so yeah i mean so there are three sports i'm interested in if you consider f1 as a sport which it is i think yeah, yeah i'd say so you gotta be what? fit to do it i mean i just want to jump in one of those cars that'd be fun yeah i know right uh, what ended up getting you into watching Formula One? Is it big in Toronto? No, it's not. Uh, I don't think so. It's in Montreal, actually. There's a race in Montreal later this year. But um, my um, my father-in-law actually got me into it. 
um, he he's been into it, and I sort of I was you know just yeah wanted to sort of impress him, so I started watching it and ended up ended up liking it, so it worked out well. Yeah. There you go. Um, so some of your former colleagues in Australia want to know if you've seen a moose yet. Have you? No, I haven't seen a moose. Um, they're not just wandering loose in the streets of Toronto. No, no, they're not. (laughs) Am I supposed to? Are they known for being in Canada or I thought more more bears would be something I'd be looking out for. Uh, go on, Brian. No, I was going to say, are, are you sure you're in Canada? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm probably making this up, but in my head, like the moose was Canada's national mammal or something like that. Like when I think of Canada, I think of moose because they live in they live in Canada. I don't know. They don't live here. That's probably not true. They probably live in the States. I don't know where, though. I'll Google it later. Um, so what do you miss most about Australia and what's the thing you're looking, um, most forward to seeing in Canada? Uh, what do I miss in Australia? Um, obviously friends and family is something you miss and, and football, um, but, and, and the weather, the weather's generally pretty nice in Australia, but in Canada, there's, it's like a, a new environment. It's exciting. There's always something new to see. Um, there's plenty of plenty more opportunities to go places here. Like I guess in Australia, like to go to Europe, you got a a 24 hour flight. Whereas from Toronto, I think it's like eight hours to to London. So it's you know there's there's pros and cons, and you know New York's an hour away on a flight, and you know there's so much beautiful things to see within inside of Canada. So yeah, I mean. I've I've had what nearly thirty years in in uh, in Australia and and I've been here well more than thirty years in Australia so it's about time I, I tried out somewhere new. There you go. So um, finally, you mentioned that you like eating healthy. Um, we should probably all be eating healthy food. Do you have any recipes that you would like to share with us? I'm not the best cook, but I do try and eat healthy a lot. So you know. Um, Chicken and rice, and you know, vegetables and things like that are pretty staple for what I eat. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, for a recipe, look, I don't do much of the cooking. My my partner, she's vegetarian, and she likes to have all the healthy things. So anything green. Yeah, anything green, and you know, the, the smoothies and all that sort of stuff. So it's, she helps me with my my healthy diet. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy. Um, feeling good and you know exercise as well and and doing all the right things but you know it's good to have a pizza every now and then as well you know I don't mind either. <laughs> yeah <laughs> good I was gonna ask what your cheat meal was it appears to be pizza yeah, pizza I love pizza yeah definitely Papa John's uh, discovered it's amazing oh I didn't think of that do they I guess they don't have Papa John's in Australia no no, I like it how they give you that little, you know, garlic sauce with the stuff. To, that's... Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Do you think you'll ever fly down to New York to try, like, real New York-style pizza? I was actually in New York um, for a couple of days before I came to Canada. Um, and, yeah, I did have the New York pizza, and it was, it was beautiful. 
Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, now we can start recording. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the five important questions now. Five important questions. Five important, five important questions. questions. Five important questions. Question one. What would you say is your greatest success in life? My greatest success in life. Um, good question. I mean, my MBA was a good achievement for like, you know, myself personally. Um, but my greatest success, I don't know. I mean, just keeping healthy and, and, you know, trying to do the right thing and being a good person. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's successful. Like, you know, um, yeah, that, that's a really hard question. <laughs> we we start off with a bang with the five important questions. They usually get easier as it goes on. Yeah. All right. Um, question number two. What is your greatest fear? Yeah, I don't like snakes. I really got a pretty bad phobia of snakes. And yeah, I mean, I've seen a few in my time and yeah, they freak me out. So that's that's a big, big fear. And, and sharks as well. I don't like sharks. Um, I've been surfing in Australia a few times and there's, you know, you see a you hear of uh, shark sightings and, yeah, it just makes you worry because you can't see what's underneath you. So, yeah, it's probably my two biggest fears. Okay. Well, hopefully moving to Canada will solve one of those fears. I don't believe there's many snakes in Canada, um, or at least it's so cold that they're not as active or as they are in Australia. I don't know about sharks, though. I... Are there sharks in the waters? I don't think there's many sharks in in Toronto. <laughs> Although I love the idea of them just walking around on the streets. Eh. Somewhere with the moose, I'm sure. Okay, um, question number three. If you could tell first day at Pointer Rental Bin one piece of advice that would lead to you becoming a successful pointer earlier, what would you say? Yeah, I've actually I've thought about this when I'm I've hired new guys and, and they've come on and I think my, my piece of advice would be to not try and take on too much at once, like especially for the sales guys and, and the roles I've been in, like you got to learn Salesforce, the system and like four other programs. Just take one at a time, you know, relax, you know, sort of learn them without trying to overload yourself because then you just burn out and don't take it in. So yeah, I think that would be my key piece of advice is just Take your time and, and, and learn one thing at a time and, and don't be afraid to ask the stupid questions or the, the things you think are stupid are not stupid. They, they, everyone's been there. Everyone's been the new person. So, yeah. yeah that's good advice. Um, question number four. What is your most embarrassing moment as a pointer? Um, don't know. I haven't really been embarrassed at Pointer Rental before. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd have to think about that a bit, bit more, but I, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, I honestly haven't been embarrassed here, which is, which is probably a good thing. I guess we just haven't made you feel embarrassed enough, darn it. Yeah. Yeah, if anyone out there can let me know when I made, maybe looked embarrassed, let me know. <laughs> but... I think I've been okay. Fair enough. 
I really would have thought something would have come up between, like, when you're hanging out with, like, Lauren and Preston or anytime then. Not that they're yeah, I mean, people, but. I mean, yeah, I could tell you plenty of times when they would have been embarrassed, but I can't tell you <laughs> I would have been embarrassed. So, yeah, I mean. Tell us one of those stories. We might edit it. Yeah, nah, I better I better not. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. All right. Um, so, so question number five. five uh, sorry to say that your inability to remember an embarrassing moment is now a capital offense um, and you've been sentenced to death. Um, so what is your last meal and why? Who made these questions? We have to explain these things to our uh, foreign colleagues. Uh, in America, there's a death penalty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And at, at, at one, one point, point there's a tradition that you would get to choose your last meal uh, before you got, got put to death. death. So this, this is our way of just asking you what if you had if you were knew that you were about to die, what is the last meal you're going out on? Be heavy, isn't it? Um, probably a shepherd's pie um, with some maybe some poutine on the side because I've come to Canada and I love poutine. Um, not very that not healthy but who cares right you're about to die so um <laughs> yeah that's probably it okay and a, sel- and a seltzer on the side because i don't mind a seltzer on a hot day yeah okay you're also allowed to have a dessert if you would like or is the poutine your dessert no no this, this is my my meal uh, for dessert i'll get uh there's a chocolate mousse yeah mm. all right there's the mousse yeah <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, all right. Uh, that's an acceptable meal. We'll, we'll accept that as your final meal. So <laughs> in the unfortunate event that that ever comes, we'll know what to order for you. <laughs> well, I'm in Canada. And I'm pretty sure they don't have the death penalty here. So hopefully it doesn't happen when I'm visiting the Dallas office. <laughs> um, all right. So question number five is if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? One thing about myself? Um, I would probably, I would like to be taller. I'm not short, but I think, you know, when I was playing football, being a bit taller might have helped. Um, and I always thought that. <laughs> so, yeah. Like eight foot, nine foot? What are, what are you thinking there? <laughs> you know, just like a six foot five sort of sure. height. You know, I'm six uh-huh. foot now, but like six foot five would have been nice. But, um, you know, you get what you give it and you don't get upset. So, yeah. Um, so question number five, what is your spirit spice? My spirit spice? Um, what spirit spice? What, what is that? Have you heard of a spirit animal before? Like, where some, uh, like oh, yeah. an animal that represents you? Well, we decided let's change it up. And like if you open up your spice rack at home in your kitchen and you pull <laughs> down a spice from it, which spice would most represent you? Uh. Is, that, is that a spice or is that Yes, it is spice. Why do you say paprika? Um, I like it. <laughs> I put it on a lot of things. So, yeah, I guess when you're boring and eating um, this chicken on its own, paprika makes things taste a bit better. So, There you go. Good answer. Um, question number five. Tell me a secret about point of rental. A secret about point of rental? Uh, hmm. 
Yeah, you've experienced it from two different continents, so you should have better secrets than everyone else. I know. I'm just trying to think. A secret about point of rental. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I could be one of the only employees at point of rental that may have used five different rental softwares. So I think the secret is that Pointer Animal is the best, <laughs> and <laughs> I've used them all. <laughs> I don't know if that's a secret, but I definitely have the experience because I've used Base Plan, MCS, Syrinx, um, and Pointer Rental, both products. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen them all, and the secret is the secret's out of the bag. Pointer Rental is the best, and yeah, if it was a secret before, it's not anymore. So. Well, thanks for spilling that secret to us. <laughs> this is just advertising now, dang it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ben, for chatting today. It's been a pleasure. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me and um, all the best. Uh, I'm really looking forward to listening to more of these podcasts. Yeah, definitely. So send Ben some love this week. Send him an email, maybe a gif of your favorite shark if you're feeling really mean. Um, and just be epic and let him know that you care. And thanks for listening today. We'll keep the porch light burning for you.